everyone, I'm Ari, here with Rachel, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week, we're on episode 197, and we're asking, how do you keep your writing life organised? Before we start, let's just say, Happy New Year, because it is now 2024, and look at us recording, which is a big lie, because we actually recorded this in 2023. But <laughs> but yeah, so, so we're talking to you from the past. But yeah, I hope you all had a great holiday Christmas time and the, the new year is full of potential for you. Okay, enough of that crap. Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whatever you're listening, if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and feel free to write a review. Okay, let's start. So we're talking about keeping your writing life organized. So here are some points that uh, we've come up with. The first one is a bit of a weird one. Creating a writing kit. So if you use certain items when you write or brainstorm or plan, such as notepads, specific pens, post-it notes, highlighters, post-it flags, anything like that, it's a good idea to create a kit for these. So get yourself like a a funky looking pouch or a really good sized pencil case and then put all those items in there. And if you have multiple of those items, you can have, you know, some on your desk and some in the pouch. And then keep them all corralled in that way so that if you decide you need to write somewhere else or if you are suddenly going traveling or visiting someone and you want to take your writing stuff you're not scrabbling around trying to find everything and thus probably forgetting to bring something along with you this actually kind of goes along with one of our previous episodes about having a writing environment i think having a writing kit with your you know within wherever you write is a great idea because you know where everything is and i am one of those people i have specific pens that i use when I edit, not necessarily when I write, because 90% of my writing is done on the computer. But when I edit, I do have a specific set of pens that I always use. And yes, they are various colors and they're glorious. I have other colored pens, but for some reason, I don't use those for editing. And I think it's great to just have all of those things in a pouch or case, as Ari said, so that you have easy access to it. So that you have easy access to it and also you could just grab it and go whenever you need to. Because as somebody who pets it a lot, I need to grab my stuff and bring it with me. And I usually like pack my entire house, even if I'm just dog sitting for a weekend. But that's the life of being a writer, I guess. But that's it, exactly. It's like I go back to England at Christmas and I need to make sure I bring the things I need because I always take some of my writing stuff because I have an eight-hour ferry ride. And last time I forgot certain pens. In fact, I forgot my main pen that I use. And I don't know why, but I'm very connected to that pen. So when I didn't have it, it kind of stressed me out. And I ended up with this horrible naff biro that I had to use. And it just ruined a lot of the experience. I still did well, but not as good. So yeah, now I have a pouch full to the brim of important stuff that I can snatch up and take with me so I'm not forgetting things okay we're gonna we're gonna whip through some of these because actually I went a bit crazy and wrote quite a few of them so so to try and not make this an excessively long episode we're gonna go through we're bringing high quality content to all of you in the new year I don't know whether to apologize or not (laughs) you know what the beginning of January. Well, it's not actually. It's it's October, if you want to know the truth, when we recorded this. But it was we were tired by the end of the year. We got tired, so this is what you get. Anyway, let's let's move on. Okay, for all you multiple project writers, because I know you're out there. One thing that can really help if you are a multiple project writer is to have either a single notebook that you can fit in your bag. It's always really helpful, and one of those really cool multicolored clicky pens. You know that you can change the color by simply pushing down the specific color. I know of two types. Is the one that's like got um red, green, blue, and black. And then there's the one that's got a million colors. And other than black, blue, and red, most of them die instantly. So I like to stick to the 
the basic four one that just works better. Or if that doesn't work, you have multiple notepads, one for each of your main projects. So the whole point is that if you have the multiple colored pen and one pad, you allocate your however many projects to a colour, put it in the front, and then every time you get a new note or idea, you change the colour and write it in. That way you've got a quick, easy way of just looking at your notepad. I do know some people who can just use a regular pen and then highlight them, but again, that's more stuff. We're trying to make it quicker and easier and more efficient. I'll be honest, I normally prefer one notepad per project, but honestly, I don't have a bag big enough to carry them around, and I almost never just get one random idea for one story. It's always, like, hitting me quite a lot. So sometimes what we prefer needs to be sacrificed for efficiency, and I'm now working with a single notepad and a multi-clicky pen. You know, I actually never thought to bring a separate notepad and, like, have the multi Those multicolored pens are great. I haven't gotten those in a long time because, yeah, the ink never lasted long or I always favored certain colors and then they would run out of ink and then I'd have to use the others and it wasn't as fun for some reason. I don't know. But I actually have a brain dump notebook in my backpack that I carry everywhere with me and I don't have colored pens. I just have like my regular blue or black pen that whenever I have an idea for something or I just need to plan out what I need to do next on whatever the writing process stages, I just take out my notebook because I'm I'm here, there and everywhere. The kid I babysit, I like I pick her up from school and then I'm sitting in the car for a while waiting for her to get out. So I'll take out my notebook and I'll jot down some notes. So I kind of just have it all in that one brain dump notebook. And then when I get home, I compile the notes in the respective notebooks or on the computer. And I also sometimes use my phone. I use the note note app on my phone because you can, I don't know if you can change the font. I mean, the color to the font. I think you can, but you can highlight stuff. So sometimes I do that or I just have a separate note for each project. And I mean, it's all right there. So, so yeah, that could work too. Yeah, I admit, I do use my phone notes, especially if you're like nipping out and you don't need to take a bag or you just, you know, like you end up in a waiting room or something and you realize you've forgotten your notebook. It's good to have the notes app. And yeah, it's easier than to just transfer it off. Someone did say to me once that they had a notebook and what they did was they like counted out 20 pages and wrote their first project on the first page. They counted out 20, then their second. I didn't like, I thought I did like it, but I didn't like that because there are certain projects that I use where I've got loads of notes and I could see myself coming up to the next project and be like, I've still got more notes. But what you could do in that situation is get one of those like Filofax planner things where you get loose leaf papers that like click into the rings. And then you could have tabs for each project and have a stack of blank inserts at the back. And that way you can keep them separate that way. So if you're, if you're big into like the ring binder, mini notebook planners, that's a good way of doing it. I've done that before, actually. I've had the one notebook and then I've counted out certain pages. I usually do that for a series, though, not for like a couple of standalones or a standalone and then like book two for something else. But I kind of stopped doing that because I found myself running into the same problem. I would run out of paper because I would go into the next project, but I'd still have more stuff to do. And I would just use a regular single set, uh, single subject notebook. So I switched over to getting the five subject notebooks. But the problem with that is that they're so big and bulky that it's hard to carry them around everywhere with you. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. As I said, yeah, it's one of those things. It seems like a good idea at the time until you start doing it. And it's like, damn. But yeah, I I suppose, yeah, if you're doing it for the same series as well, it's quite good. Okay, what else? Where's my notes? Have a routine, but don't make it too rigid. And by that, I mean... You don't want to create a routine or a system that is so rigid that if you are derailed for some reason, it completely messes you up. 
So the same goes for writing at certain times or in certain locations. You don't want to get into a mindset that, you know, you have to write here or you have to write at like nine in the morning or something. Because if an emergency happens or an appointment happens, not, not with everyone, but there are people out there who, if it messes the system up for you, then suddenly you've lost the whole day. Or it's like, no, I have to be able to use my my office room. It's like, okay, well, you've, you, your roof has leaked. <laughs> you can't. So you have to get okay with going and doing it in a hotel or doing it in the living room with the rest of the family around. It's one of those things. So yes, have a routine, but don't get so rigid that it's like, oh my God, I don't have my very special brand of tea. So I can't write. And you may think, don't be so stupid. I have seen people on Instagram make a big deal about that. And some of them didn't seem to be joking. So you just never know. It's true though. I think, I mean, as writers, we come up with all sorts of excuses for why we can't write. And I don't think we mean to do it on purpose, but writing's hard. And there are some days that it's like really difficult to sit down and get something done. So whatever excuse we can find that, oh, I didn't have time. Oh, I couldn't reach my desk because it's become a a junk table for all the mail and everything else and all this and that and the other. And then it gets to the point that you don't write at all. But I do agree not having a too rigid of a routine. A long time ago when I was working at the preschool, I would get up two hours early and get my writing done and my blogging done. And then I would go to work for seven hours. And then I would go babysit for another like three to four hours. And then I would come home and it'd be dinner. I'd shower, I'd go to bed, I'd wake up and rinse and repeat. That was my routine. And it worked for me because I had no other time during the day to get my writing done. But when I quit my job and decided to write full time, that obviously changed. And because I was writing full time, I thought I had to write every single day, but you don't. This is something that took me far too long to figure out. My sister and I, we went to Barnes & Noble once a week for years pre-COVID. And even though it was just once a week, I felt like that wasn't a routine because a routine is something that you do every day or you do most days of the week. But even if you just find time once a week to write or edit or get something done, that's still a routine. You're still getting it done. You're still actively working on it. And it doesn't have to be the same day every week, just as long as you're doing it once a week or even like once every other week or, you know, twice a week, whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. You don't have to write every single day. It doesn't need to be at the same time. It doesn't necessarily need to be in the same place unless that helps your mindset. Yeah, it's kind of a balancing act because having having yourself sitting down and maybe listening to a certain type of music or putting on a candle, whatever you need, that can help you with the mindset. But if it becomes less of getting you in focus and more of a, I can't deal without it, then that's where you cross the line. It's like, okay, you're going to struggle when shit happens and suddenly you can't write in that space or you can't use that device or you don't have any candles left. I don't know. So yeah, it's it's Try not to become, uh, I don't want to say obsessive, because obviously some people suffer from obsessive disorders, but I think we're good at finding, as you said, finding reasons not to do things and tying ourselves in knots because we always write at this time or whatever. We always do this many words. I mean, I always found that when I used to hear people talking about NaNoWriMo, the the concept of NaNoWriMo is write 50,000 words in November. I have heard people where it's like, you have to write every day and hit that 1,667. And it's like, no, you could write nothing for a week and then churn out 20K in the weekend. If that's what you could do, that's what you can do. It doesn't have to be this forcing it out painfully if you can't write every day. It's like, I cannot write every day. I just can't. And if I try, it's garbage and it's painful to get it out. I would rather write 
a couple of thousand words every few days than write 500 words or 300 words every day because no, no thanks. I don't want to do that. Sounds awful. That's how burnout happens too. I, I mean, I participate in NaNoWriMo every session. I like writing every day because they have the progress chart and I like watching it slowly slope up. It's pleasing to me, but sometimes you just can't. I mean, November, I'm in the US. We have Thanksgiving in November. I go away for Thanksgiving weekend and I don't bring my laptop with me because I'm with my family and I don't want to have that you know, not that writing is necessarily stressful because I do find nano fun, but I don't want to be quote unquote working when I'm supposed to be with my family. That's my video game time with my sister because a new Pokemon game typically comes out in November. So yeah, I think everybody works at their own pace, at their own routine, I guess. You just got to find what works for you. Don't make it too rigid and it's going to change over time. So you got to be flexible. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> that was my whole point. <laughs> okay, next one. Divide your writing time. Now, when we say writing, we often mean all aspects of the writing life. And that can be actually writing, editing, brainstorming, planning, creating profiles, building our world book, marketing, updating our author website, and all the fun stuff that comes with being a writer. So consider breaking these tasks into different sections and then allocating them to different days of the week. Again, we're not getting rigid with it, but sometimes it can it can be overwhelming to do thinking, oh my gosh, I've got all this to do. So by breaking it up, it can help. Now, we have a writer friend who does this. And they create writing weeks and authoring weeks. And the authoring weeks are for mostly the non-actual writing tasks, like, you know, writing blog posts, updating their website, doing marketing graphics, that sort of thing. And it just kind of gives your brain a little bit of a rest as well. And it ticks all the boxes of the things you do. Because, you know, we can get in the headspace of just write, 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 write. But there is all this other stuff that needs to be too. Ari is talking about KM Allen, for those of you who don't know. She has been on the podcast before, and it was a really great episode. And I just looked it up. Apparently, she hasn't been on the podcast since 2022. So it's our April... Wait, what day was it? April... Episode 106. Jeez, that was like almost 100 episodes ago. Oh, wow. But yeah, go go listen to that. She's great. And I really love her whole balancing act of having a writing week and an authoring week because it, it helps with the burnout. You know what you're going to work on each week. And I think that's one of the things that we all need to do. Like, it's so difficult to wake up every morning and say, oh, man, what am I going to do today? I don't know. Because decision fatigue is a thing. So if you have to wake up every morning and figure out what you're going to work on for the day, I mean, it's going to tire you out. And you can spend a lot of time trying to figure that out. And it's very easy to decide, oh, well, I'll do this today. And then you start it and you're like, well, this isn't fun anymore. How about I do this instead? And then you kind of bounce around between different projects and different things, whether it's writing your novel or it's writing for your blog or just doing admin tasks or what have you. So if you have each week set up that I'm going to focus on my novel this week, then whatever it is you need to do for your novel, you still have it narrowed down a bit for what you're going to work on. I love that idea. And that's something I need to try doing. And I haven't yet. Oh, well, someday. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like great ideas. And then we're like, we need to actually implement some of these ideas that people tell us and, and share with us. And it's like, we'd probably do so much better if we did. Right. I But like my schedule changes so much every week that it's so difficult. And like, because I pet sit a lot, 
I'm not, there are some things that I have to do at home because it's on the desktop computer. So it's so difficult for me to plan that around that stuff. I have to say though, with the with the writing week and authoring week, one of the things I like about the idea of that is is taking a break from the writing for like several days. So you're coming back refreshed. You can get quite stuck in your own head or quite stagnated if you're writing, 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 and especially if you hit a, a, a brick wall, that's a bit difficult. Whereas at least if you've if you've taken a week off, but you're not like I'm taking a week off. You've taken a week off because you've got all the tasks to do and you've got a nice busy week. It kind of brings you back with fresh eyes. Oh, no, absolutely. And I think, I don't remember if I said this or not. It was five minutes ago, two minutes ago, one minute ago. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, but it helps with burnout. That's all I got to say. Yes. And anything that helps with burnout is very important. Okay. Our last point, because seriously, I had to cut out the other eight points I'd written down. (laughs) They may come up in another I contributed. (laughs) You did. You did well. No, I didn't. (laughs) Not with the notes. (laughs) I think I would just went a bit crazy, honestly. It's like, oh my God, I've got an idea. Okay, the last one is use working systems. Notice I didn't just say use systems. So find a system or systems that work for you and stick to it. Even with the best intentions in the world, we can end up kind of messing up our systems, but do try and keep returning to them if they worked mostly. This can be as simple as labeling your documents correctly. And yes, I am super, super guilty of not doing this. I try really hard, but I have every now and then just gone on the keyboard. Even now, I catch myself doing it and then I have to go in and, and rename it. Keep your project notebooks or you know, just the, you know, the one notebook or the multiple notebooks in a specific place so you know where they are and you're not losing them. Whether that's in a bag so if you need to go anywhere you've got it or if it's on a specific shelf. Just somewhere you're not going to go, where did I put my notebook? And then end up writing some notes on scrappy paper. Yes, I'm also guilty of that. Set up a backup schedule you know, and use it religiously. And just say, if you are using a synced system, which is very good, do check it every few months and make sure it's working. I did have a cloud backup years ago that synced all my work. And then I spilled a full cup of tea on my laptop. And I learned that something had gone wrong with the syncing when I went to retrieve all my data. And almost none of my files would open. Big shout out to the tech repair company who managed to retrieve the data from my very, very damaged laptop that eventually did start working after I like put it in the shower and rinsed it off and then dried it for 14 days. It was never the same, I'll have to admit. (laughs) It did actually start working. But yeah, you, you just don't know. And obviously backups are super important. So whatever systems you find work for you, whether it's your the best writing systems, the best way of cataloging your characters or your worlds, your details, whatever works for you, figure it out and then stick to it. And there will be times when, you know, everything goes wrong and it kind of gets away from you. Bring yourself back as much as you can. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have nothing else to add. I have talked for too long. No, I agree with all of that. Working systems, emphasis on the working part. And this is something else that's going to take time to figure out too, because like you, I don't label my documents correctly either. I kind of just, I'm that person that when I have multiple drafts, I'm like, George Florence, one, book one, draft one. George Florence, book one, draft 1.5. Like I just... I'm awful. It's like take two, take three, take four. It's ridiculous. Uh, I got to figure out a system for that. Shit, there was something else I was going to say. Ah, I want to touch upon to-do lists real quick, just speaking of working systems, because having a to-do list can count as a working system for yourself to help you make these decisions, to help you stay in these routines and do all of that fun stuff. I have gone through multiple, multiple ways to write a to-do list. Because I find that a specific to-do list 
works for me for only a certain amount of time. And then my brain is like, nah, I'm bored of this and I have to find a different way to do it. So for a long time, I used the website Habitica and that worked for me for maybe like a year or two. And then I stopped for a while and then I rediscovered it and I used it again for like a couple of months and then I stopped. I used Todoist for a year, a year and a half. And then for some reason, that wasn't fun anymore either. I don't know why. So I have a notepad and it's split down the middle and one side is labeled work to-dos and the other side is labeled home to-dos which helps my brain immensely. So I do all of my cleaning and organizing on the home side. And I do all of like my writing and blogging related work and podcast related work on the work side. And I just kind of brain dump and whatever I get done during the week, I get done. Because I used to do to-do lists, daily to-do lists. And I would always think I'd have more time in the day. So I'd add like 20 tasks, be only to get, I'd only get like five done. And then at the end of the day, I'd feel really bad that I was quote unquote unproductive. So looking at it weekly, even if I don't check every item off, the checks always outweigh the items that are unchecked. So I'm like, wow, look at all of this stuff that I did. And at the bottom, there are just squares for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, et cetera. And so my daily tasks, like when I, I you know, cleaning out the litter box, uh, getting the kid from school and all that stuff, I add that in those boxes and I even check those off too, because it helps me, helps my brain visualize that, yes, you are doing stuff, you are being productive. So that's a working system for me. And I think sometimes these working systems, they kind of lose their sparkle after a while. And that's okay too. You just need to find another working system and just be flexible and roll with it. That was kind of the whole point of that really obnoxiously long story. So thanks for sticking around. (laughs) No, I get it because I am exactly the same way. I have tried Notion. I have tried To Do, spelled T-E-U-X-D-E-U-X. I have tried Todoist. I do still mostly use Trello, although I also have a habit of just dumping everything in random lists, and I've got to stop doing that. But I'm the same. I have a little... I have a, a ton of old compliment slips from a company I used to work with that then rebranded and tried to get rid of them all. And I don't like throwing things away. And I have created my own little daily to-do list. And it's got the first like five or 10 things on or things I have to do every day. Like, you know, feed the cat, have breakfast, clean out the cat litter, like things you do not want to forget. And then there's certain chores on there that I have to remind myself to do like, don't forget to empty the dishwasher and vacuum the stairs. They need vacuuming because if I don't tell myself to do it every day, I won't remember to do it because that's not how my brain works. And then underneath, after, after the first like very specific things that are only very daily specific things, I have a lot of little boxes that are just empty and I just write down next to them specific tasks for the day. And I take that from my master list that I have. Same as you. I do a brain dump master list and then I whip them off. And I try and make sure that some of them are one-off tasks so they never have to go on again. Do you have shower on your list? I do, yes. Yeah, okay, me too. (laughs) Because if I don't write it down, I won't shower. I'll completely forget. Unless it's winter and I'm freezing, then you bet your ass I'm showering like multiple times a day just to get warm. (laughs) Well, it's like breakfast. It's like, I should know to eat breakfast. I should know to eat lunch. I shouldn't have to write that down. But I am the sort of person because I don't always think of food as, you know, even though I love certain foods, 
it's that's not a big thing for me isn't food so i can just live off cups of tea and not realize that i have not eaten anything of sustenance the whole day and then i'll just go and eat mouthfuls of peanut butter which has been mentioned many times which is also not good i do the same thing though because i won't realize that i'm hungry until i'm literally shaking and my body's like you're killing me literally exactly and by that time it's like you don't want to faff with anything even making a piece of toast is too much but a spoon and the peanut butter jar is just it's quick quick easy full it's yeah because like you literally feel like you actually feel like you're dying because you're shaking so much that it's like i can't wait for the toast to come up in the toaster i gotta i just need to get a scoop of peanut butter and that'll tie me over for a few minutes i know it's just the plate and the knife and the butter it's just too much faff where it is yeah no so yeah sometimes we have to put the the most basic things on but if it helps to remind us to do our chores and eat our food and stay clean then that's what you do so whatever works whatever works and as Rachel said yeah things change systems that work for you once can change easily especially if you're a writer and then say you put out a couple of books I guarantee things you need to do will increase (laughs) it doesn't let's just be honest if you publish something it doesn't get easier it just gets more busy so yeah systems need to be amended to fit your life and your situation okay i think we've talked enough we're gonna end this let's now turn it over to you guys what do you do to keep your writing life organized let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat about it remember we release new episodes every wednesday next week we're discussing how to set writing goals you know it's january currently as you listen to this so we need to talk about goals it's very important to ensure you don't miss it hit the subscribe button on your way out and as always thank you so much for listening to the merit Writer podcast see you next week This podcast is brought to you by Arguments Over Tea and Coffee. Which side are you on? The music titled Inspired is by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0.